Hello, and thank you so much for tuning into Stable Connections, the podcast. Today's episode is with Maddie Kent, and she talks to us about her five horses and what she's working towards with each of them, and what building her dressage program has been like for her. Hope you enjoy. Stable Connections is sponsored by Darby Bonomi, PhD, sport and performance psychologist. Dr. Bonomi works with equestrian athletes and other high-performance individuals to conquer the challenges that interfere with top performance and enjoyment of their sport. Her clients bring their best to every moment, both in and out of competition. If you'd like to learn more, please visit darbybonomi.com or email darby at darbybonomi.com. D-A-R-B-Y-B-O-N-O-M-I. Stable Connections is sponsored by Equine Business Magazine. Equine Business Magazine is the new online magazine for equestrians, equine business owners, and nonprofits. Each issue includes content written by equine industry professionals, offering readers marketing tips, stories, and more. Equine Business Magazine also offers business owners an opportunity to advertise to equestrians, equine businesses, and nonprofits. And a major bonus this magazine is free to read. Visit equinebusinessmagazine.com to learn more. I grew up in Portland, Oregon, and started riding when I was like teeny tiny. Big. Pretty much, yeah, I haven't, haven't stopped since then. How long did you stay in Oregon? I was in Oregon till college, and then that's how I came down here. I went to UC Davis for school. And what did you study? Exercise biology. Okay, and what was the plan with that? I had no plan, but I, I also had no plans of being a horse trainer. So I was like, I'll just, you know, I thought it was interesting. And yeah. I applied to grad school even, and then I moved my horse down here, and I kind of just, you know, picked up one client here, one client there, and I was like, oh, grass hole really doesn't sound that appealing anymore. <laughs> yeah. Did you finish your undergrad? Yeah. Cool. And are you happy about that decision? Yeah, I am. It, is, it somewhat applies to what we do here as trainers, so it wasn't like a complete waste of no. four years. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I feel like school, too, is so much like the experience and yeah, learning absolutely. how to talk to people, learning how to like live out of the home, like all of those yeah, things. Yeah, absolutely. And it was a good, I didn't ride when I was in college, which I think was a nice break for me. I don't think I'd be riding now if I did school and horses. Yeah. I think, yeah, I don't know how people do that. Did you do a lot of showing when you were younger? Yeah, pretty much every year growing up in Oregon there. And always dressage? Yeah. Okay. I jumped a little bit when I was younger, but I just... Didn't take to it? Didn't take to it, and then I was leasing an older horse who couldn't jump, and then kind of fell into dressage through that, and then... I got a little older and I was like, oh, I'd rather stay on the ground. Don't, yeah. Don't want to jump over things anymore. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember your first client that asked you to train them and what that was like? Yeah, I was in I was in Davis at the time. Yeah, the first barn I was at here and she had an older horse that kind of just needed to get out a couple of days a week and I was like, sure, well, you can pay me to ride your horse. <laughs> so I know you have five horses. Do you want to talk about each of them? And Sure. So... First one I got from this bunch is Amir, the Arabian. I got him for $500 Woo! <laughs> as an unbroke four-year-old. His owner had abandoned him. And mm. Yeah, it was really sad. So 
he was at the trainers and her husband had died and so she just like stopped paying his bills Uh oh yep yeah and so he sat there with them for months and they're like you know want this extra horse hanging around so they had sat on him like a few times but that was you know six months ago almost and so yeah I was kind of looking for a project at the time and I was a poor kid fresh out of college <laughs> I yep. was like $500 I'll take it yeah like, I was like he's cute you know he moves cute he's got good confirmation and I'm like yeah what the hell I'll put a break in and put some miles on it and sell it. And that was nine years ago. <laughs> and how was that process? Had you started your own horse yet? No, that was the first first cool. one. So it was kind of, yeah, I didn't, I mean, I had a kind of a general idea of how what I wanted you to do and how it should turn out. And I had a lot of help along the way too. So, but it was super fun. And he's, he was pretty easy. He's, he's a pretty like level headed guy. Yeah. He never, you know, tried to kill me. What's been the hardest thing with him? He is very particular and sensitive. So, you know, the saddle has to be perfect and he's, the footing has to be perfect and he's funny with people. Mm. I think something in his past, you know, he's very untrusting of people. And so what does he do now? He, we showed the I2 this season. That's awesome. He's all qualified for championships, so. We'll see how we're doing in August, September, but yeah, it's pretty cool that he can he can do that and do it, you know, well. Yeah, and I feel like there's probably not too many Arabs in that category. Yeah, I don't think, I think there's a few other ones showing FBI in the country, but yeah, cool. there's definitely not a lot of them. So yeah. it's pretty cool that he can do it and, you know, hold his own against the Warren Woods. So. Yeah, and how tall is he? He's like 15 hands. Oh, he's little. He's a little one. Yeah. Okay, so then who's next? Who's next? JJ is my mare. I got her as a three-year-old, also just like barely started. I traded her for my old Grand Prix horse with a friend of mine in Oregon. My Grand Prix horse needed to retire and okay. I was gonna sell her and buy something and my friend's like, well, why don't, why don't we just trade? I need a schoolmaster, you need a project. Cool, that's so a nice trade like, for both of you. Yeah, so it worked <laughs> out super well for both of us. And yeah, my mare's up there. My friend got her gold medal on her and now oh, cool. she has a daughter who's like 10 and now Donna's her horse and she just packs the kid around. And that's awesome. That has a great, you know, semi-retired life. And yeah, so I, that's my other project that I've had for seven years now. Okay, and what does she do now? She, we showed the I1 this year. Yeah. She's not, you know, the, the most talented, but she tries really hard and she's the most, like, gung-ho. That's cool. <laughs> of the bunch here, so. Yeah. And she just kind of just keeps improving, so everyone's kind of like, oh, I should sell her, and then, you know. You don't? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard once you get attached to them. Yeah. What's been the hardest thing with her with coming up? She's the hottest one, so, like, managing tension with her and it's not a nervous thing she just she gets really excited about the work and the harder the work gets the more like amped up she gets mm -hmm. so sometimes it's like girly just that's I love the enthusiasm but just take it down a yeah. few notches Chill a little <laughs> she's bit. like oh, no I can't yeah um and what breed is she she's Oldenburg Oldenburg cool yeah. and next dreamy big boy I've had him almost four years now and he's another like delicate flower high maintenance sensitive boy but he's super talented and he's really sweet on the ground he i got him from edi 
EDI? What Exclusive dressage imports oh, okay. in San Diego. Okay. Yeah, I was down there with a client of mine who has a horse with them. And mm -hmm. I was sort of looking for a horse at the time, but mostly there. It was just to tag along and they're like, yeah, you to can To see ride. what there is? Yeah, just ride all the horses. And is eat. it a specific dressage sales barn? Yeah. Okay. They kind of hand select horses from Europe, put a lot of importance on temperament. So they do a really good job picking out more good horses and they're all fully vetted too. So okay. you kind of know, know what, what you're getting, getting a yeah. little bit. Uh, so I rode like a bunch of horses down there and they're all nice and expensive. <laughs> and they're like, okay, well this one is dreamy. Like he's really difficult in particular. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll look at him, I'll try him. And he and my old mare are very similar. So I was like, okay, I, I know how to ride this. Like, I can deal with this horse because he'd been there for a while and, you know, he's, he doesn't quite have the, you know, temperament that they ideally look for. He's definitely not an amateur horse. He's big and he's athletic and if he doesn't like something you're doing, then he makes it known. So we get along. So they're like, take him, please. Yeah. Well, that's great. <laughs> Good thing you went. Yeah. So it worked out and we're like schooling third level, but he stuck his leg through a fence like a year and a half ago and we're still kind of working mm -hmm. through that taking it slow yeah um okay so next one um, you have two more two more let's see empire so he and dreamy were at the sales barn at edi at the same time so empire was actually the first horse that i ever rode down there and he was a three-year-old at the time and they, he was very expensive and i was like he's cute like you far beyond my budget <laughs> And then they had him for like a year and then they sold him to, you know, nice amateur lady, but she just kind of put him in a pasture and forgot about him. And he stayed with her for like a year. And then she bought an FBI horse from EDI and sent him back. And then he kind of was sitting around there for a while too. And I was like, I remember that horse. Like I liked him. He was cute. He was sweet. And I had a couple of clients that were semi-interested in him. and they kind of went different directions um, and I was like this is a really good deal for like a really good horse like somebody needs to buy this horse <laughs> and then uh, someone turned out to be me <laughs> and yeah he's been he's been great he's very challenging he's a lot of work to ride but he's a very good heart and he tries really hard for me so he's been a fun also project <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're collecting them yeah I'm like these are all my projects that I don't sell so yeah then there's baby blue um, he's also from EDI. I and him is a yearling. Okay, so baby baby. Baby baby. He's four now. And yeah, he's been super fun. I've never done the like baby horse, you know, baby super baby, baby horse thing yeah. before. But I got to teach him, you know, how to lunge and you know how to stand in the cross ties and go in the trailer pick and up your you know, feet. Yeah, yeah, pick up your feet and you know, have manners and you know, be a horse and be a show horse then eventually. Uh, have you shown him yet? Yeah, we showed training level this year, and he was he's a total rock star. Yeah, 71 his first time, and he's been pretty consistent, you know, getting scores like that. You know, I've taken him a bunch of places, and that was kind of another fun thing about having him so young is that I could, you know, take him for field trips when mm -hmm. he was, you know, two and three years old. And so when I get to a horse show, he's like, cool, it's no big deal. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome and really beneficial for them mentally and just physically too. Yeah. So what's been kind of the hardest thing when starting your training program? Um, I think the hardest things that I'm kind of still new in the area, like 
growing up in Portland and showing, you know, I know the whole community up there. And then when I kind of, you know, transplanted myself down here and nobody knew who I was or what I did. And, you know, everyone already is pretty upset with their trainers. So you have to kind of slowly collect people. Mm -hmm. Kind of prove yourself yeah, in a way. Yeah, prove myself and, you know, yeah, get out there and show a lot and, yeah, make a name for myself again. And when you went to college down here, did you ever think you'd go back to Portland or you knew you'd stay? I didn't really have a plan. <laughs> yeah. But I liked it. I was good to go somewhere, get away from, you know, all the old, you know, friends and family and just, you know, experience life and different people. And yeah, the weather is much better down here mm -hmm. than up there. Mm -hmm. I lived up there for a little bit. Yeah. It's true. I liked the rain, but it I definitely, it, it does get old when it's like for months at a time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so do you want to talk about what area you're in currently and kind of what this barn offers and that sort of thing? Yeah, sure. I've only been here about, well, I moved here in November, so that's like eight months. Fairwind Farm in Fairfield. It's quiet and the horses are really happy and we have nice big green irrigated turnouts and you know indoor arena, outdoor arena. And is your program still kind of more you riding or do you train the people on the horses as well? I teach lessons also but most I'd say 80% of what I do is riding. Do you like it that way? I like riding more than teaching. Um, do you feel like you're better at riding than teaching? Oh definitely. <laughs> but I mean, I've gotten a lot better at teaching, you know, as the years have gone by and ridden may more, way more than I've taught in my life. And so, and I'm learning, you know, how to teach better and better. And it kind of more depends on the person too. There's some people I feel like, you know, you connect with and I really like teaching them and they're really fun to teach. And, and there's some people that it's like, why? Like, why am I here? You're not listening to anything I say. Yeah, you have no not, goals. You know, right, yeah. you have no goals. Like, you're not going to practice this, you know, when I leave. And yeah. it's frustrating. And it's okay. Like, not everyone has to go to shows and, you know, their horse is going to be a Grand Prix horse, you know. So I don't, I don't put pressure on anyone. But if they want to learn and improve, then, you know, I'm always That's happy to That's the kind of student. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, it's frustrating when they kind of don't put in the effort because you know I put in the effort you know and I, I get invested in them and then it's hard when it doesn't reciprocate, reciprocate. Yeah. yeah definitely what are your riding goals I would like to get you know these these guys get them all the way up to Grand Prix you know if I could I think they all can do it and then you know I don't really have like huge aspirations of like going to the Olympics or you know stuff like that but you know I want to be competitive and you know at the like national level and be respected and have people send me nice horses to ride. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds nice. Yeah. Since moving here from Oregon what's the major differences in the dressage communities? It's just such a much bigger community down here. More people with more horses and it's a good circuit up in Oregon but it's just it's not very big you know there's like two show venues and <laughs> you know the shows are probably half the size of what they are down here so the competition is just it's way stiffer down here I remember my first show or one of my first shows here I was showing clients horse and I like we were doing third level I got 68 I was like yeah like that's awesome and we were, we were like third place <laughs> I was like what the hell man it's kind of a like you know, welcome to the big leagues, like, kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that doesn't cut it anymore. You gotta, like, really step your game up because that would have been, you know, up there, that would have been 
like an amazing score, you probably would have won your class. And, and do you do anything outside of horses for yourself? Mm, not really. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I try to go to the gym and, you know, at least once a week to help me, you know, stay in shape and take care of my body. And, and you know, it's good mentally, too, to just kind of put the phone down for a while and, you know, get away. And I go to a chiropractor once a week, too, also to keep my body from not falling apart. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's more than most people do. I know. Yeah, it took, it took me a while to be like, hey, maybe I should take care of myself. Too, yeah, you, know, yeah. you can't you can't ride these horses if you are not right. it's in a, alignment. Right, crazy <laughs> idea because you know they get their PMF and you know all their supplements and massages and blah blah. blah and like, maybe I should do the same for myself. Yeah, and eat healthy <laughs> and drink water and yeah, all, the things. all those things. I like what I'm doing now, and I want to just keep growing in my business and building and keep bringing the horses along. And yeah. What do you feel like you offer that is specific to you or that is unique? I do really well with the like difficult horses. I kind of like, I like the challenge of kind of figuring out what makes them tick and you know, how can I make them better or happy or like, is there a saddle problem or you know, what's, what is hurting them that is causing these issues and I kind of I like unwrapping and it's frustrating sometimes but so I feel like yeah I do well with the ones that like most people yeah yeah most people be like no I don't want to ride that or yeah it's usually you know if you figure it out it's super super rewarding how can I keep them happy because I feel like if your horses are happy then they're more likely to work for you yeah that's one of my big things is like making sure physically and mentally I'm like doing everything that I can because you know this sport is hard enough and if you can you know eliminate some things then you know I think they're more likely to work with you and have you'll have success yeah definitely and do you feel like the dressage community down here has been pretty inviting for the most part yeah everyone down here is pretty nice it was it definitely took a while to you know meet people and because you know Sometimes, yeah, it shows you're kind of in your own little world and <laughs> yeah. trying to take care of your horses and all that. And what clinicians have you ridden with that you really enjoyed? I've ridden with, like I said, Jeremy Steinberg since I was in high school. So it was super cool that I, you know, have that history with him. He's helped me kind of with all of these guys. He's seen them since the very beginning, pretty much with all of them. And he's so good with the young horses, too. And then, uh, Nick Wagman, I started riding with a little over a year ago and he's been really great with both of them it's just helpful to be in a program with like people that will kick your ass because you can you know we all get a little complacent if we're just out here every day on our own what kind of traits do you look for in a clinician or in a trainer when you are getting a lesson someone that has a similar training style to me I guess and you know we think about things the same way and kind of the same philosophies I guess so what I'll do a lot of times if I'm going to someone new, I'll take a mirror. Because some people will be like, Arabia. And it's just like, they're like kind of poo-poo and don't give them a chance. Without even seeing him? Right, without even seeing him. So it's kind of my, my little test. And But some people are like, oh my God, like he's super talented. He's super cute. And I'm like, okay, so you get it. Yeah. That it's not just about, you know, the breeding or the horse, but like if you see the talent. The talent and you're then you're willing to work with that, then like let's go. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel the sense of like almost I don't I can't think of any other word but awesomeness <laughs> to bring an Arab up to? 
those yeah, levels? I think so. I mean, I don't really see them as being that different from you know the others, but it's definitely cool. And people are like, wow, like you did that with an arrow. Like that's really cool. He definitely makes me stand out mm -hmm. as a trainer because there aren't many arrows out there showing FBI. So like I'll go somewhere to like you know a new show or a new clinic, like. Oh, you're the one with the arrow. <laughs> He's the Arabian. <laughs> the Arabian. And what I've noticed about all your horses, and we talked about this a little bit before recording, is they are all bay. So yeah. you have a type. Oh, definitely. They're all, yeah, they all look the same. Yeah, they do. A little bit different sizes, different a little bit sizes, different shapes. Yeah, different, various shades. <laughs> have you ever had a job that was outside of horses? Yeah, I worked at my dad's law firm a little bit. Is kind of you know your kind of first mm -hmm. summer job mm -hmm. you know being the office girl office girl <laughs> <laughs> making copies and delivering the mail and stuff like that and then I also worked for the UC Davis football team for a few years while I was there doing what doing kind of similar just mm -hmm. a little bit of everything it was my beer money <laughs> <laughs> yep need those yeah and otherwise yeah I was you know started as a groom when I was in middle school and was a working student every summer. So you didn't have horses in Davis when you were going to school. Has it been hard finding a good network of vets and farriers and body workers? Yeah, it definitely took some time. And fortunately, yeah, the barn that I did move to was owned by a lady who'd been there, you know, forever. And so she was very helpful and being like, here's a good vet, here's a good farrier. And then, yeah, I just sort of, you know, use, you know, a little bit of trial and error. and. But I've mostly stuck with the same kind of cool. core group of people. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of the hardest thing about moving is yeah. not only finding your tribe, quote unquote, but yeah. then knowing who a good farrier is locally and who a good vet is because, you know, we all know there are people yeah. in the industry that that's might not right. have the qualifications or might be a great farrier, but maybe not for your type of horse. Right. And so yeah. evolving with that. Yeah, it definitely is good to have, yeah, your kind of village of people that help you. <laughs> so I know you said you do Cairo for yourself and you do a few different things for your horses. Do you want to talk about the specific body work you get for your horses? Sure, yeah. So they all get something once a month-ish or more if they need it, like Dreamy needs you need something, you know, every day, every week. <laughs> but yeah, I do like the PMF I've kind of gotten into more recently. They seem to really like it. And I do cold laser a bunch and also a massage. And I, you know, a little bit of everything. And then I have one of the response systems blankets that Dreamy needs to have every day. And so if someone wanted to contact you and maybe be in your training program or just had questions, you again are in the Fairfield area. Yeah. How do they contact you? Um, I have a website. It's just kentressage.com. Kent? K-E-N-T. Yeah. Yep. Kentressage.com. And I think, yeah, all my contact info should be on there. And, you know, I have a Facebook and Instagram and all that. All, all that those, good stuff all too. Those so fun things. I'm not hard to find. Have you found it pretty easy to run your own business? Definitely challenging. Like I don't. This is my you know day off, and I'm here making grain and you know doing the barn chores and yeah. So it's definitely you know time consuming because it's just me. What is the ideal program look like to you? Like if you were to dream up. However many clients, however many horses to ride, all of that. 
I guess, yeah, in my dream situation, I would have, you know, all my horses and clients in one place. Because I do, I spend more time than I would like to driving around right now. <laughs> but kind of, you know, that is what it is. I had like, I don't know, eight to 12 clients with horses. And then, you know, I like having my own too, because they're yours and you get to do what you want with them. But they don't pay the bills. I don't know how people ride like 15 horses a day. I don't. <laughs> Even 12. Yeah, even 12, but that's like a lot. I don't want to get too big. You know, I like having clients that kind of have similar, you know, goals and philosophy as me who, you know, want to go to clinics and want to shows and, you know, want to, you know, work and improve. And not that everyone has to do that. Well, I can't think of any other kind of random question. So let's go into the question. So okay. what is something within the community that you want to see evolve or change? And then how can you help with that if you're not already? good question I think getting you know the shows more easily accessible to everyone and I know it's, it's not there's no good solution right now and I totally get it from both sides mm -hmm. but you know it's gotten so expensive that it turns a lot of people away which is unfortunate because it'd be nice to see community grow more and people getting out there more but I know, you know, it costs money to rent the venues and hire the judges and all of that. But yeah, if there would be a way to, you know, at least cut down on some of the fees and, you know, you have to be a member of this, that, and the other. And I think it's a little, yeah, daunting and financially, you know, costly to a lot yeah. of people, which I think limits the sport, unfortunately. You know, a lot of the sh smaller show venues, especially, really struggle getting enough entries to make the show worth having. And lastly, you get to ask me one question. And it could be anything. Anything? What are your, like, riding goals? Life goals? <laughs> Life, those are two different questions. Um, riding goals-wise, I don't really have any other than just connecting with my horse. Like, he, as I talked about a little bit earlier, has a very extensive traveling show record. And so yeah. now I just want to trail ride and hang out and keep him happy whatever that looks like right. <laughs> um, he does enjoy working he's not a horse where I just like bring him somewhere and leave him for months at a time like yeah. he enjoys the connection he enjoys the physical movement I think is good for him as well yeah, so I think a lot of them do they like having their jobs and mm -hmm. their attention and yeah and especially because <laughs> that's all he knew right, right. for so long and right. so yeah I think horse wise goals just continuing to keep him happy and Good. me happy and safe and well-fed and all yeah. the things um, and then life goals I guess the same thing I can never you can never stay consistently happy so I feel like that's an unattainable goal right. to like just happiness be happy but I think continuing to grow as an individual and help inspire or influence positive growth around me as yeah. well and whatever ways I can, whether it's the podcast or the PEMF or just the connections I make with people. I think that's kind of right now my answer and that can change daily. <laughs> that's good. That's um, but yeah, answer. that's my answer. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for chatting with me. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Hello again, and thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Stable Connections, the podcast. This is your host, Shauna Burke, and if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, don't forget to tune in every Monday morning for a new episode. Follow us on Facebook and on Instagram. It always helps to leave a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on Facebook. 
And if you or someone you know wants to sponsor an episode, please visit www.stableconnectionsthepodcast.com. See you next week. Stable Connections is sponsored by Darby Bonomi, PhD, sport and performance psychologist. Dr. Bonomi works with equestrian athletes and other high-performance individuals to conquer the challenges that interfere with top performance and enjoyment of their sport. Her clients bring their best to every moment, both in and out of competition. If you'd like to learn more, please visit darbybonomi.com or email darby at darbybonomi.com. D-A-R-B-Y-B-O-N-O-M-I. Stable Connections is sponsored by Equine Business Magazine. Equine Business Magazine is the new online magazine for equestrians, equine business owners, and nonprofits. Each issue includes content written by equine industry professionals, offering readers marketing tips, stories, and more. Equine Business Magazine also offers business owners an opportunity to advertise to equestrians, equine businesses, and nonprofits. And a major bonus this magazine is free to read. Visit equinebusinessmagazine.com to learn more.